Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Starts now. Welcome back and happy Wednesday. This is Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan where we catch you up on the news of the day pop culture, our lives, and so much more with some fun music in between here on Channel Q. And one thing we can guarantee is today's show will be a little heavy, but it it will also be lighthearted and fun and a lot of things you didn't know that you can go back and talk to your friends about. Exactly. We need that right now. Oh, for sure. I got home last night and I got a drink. You were exhausted? Uh, I was, What drink did you get? I did a Michelada. Why is that your go-to drink? It's my go-to happy hour drink. I feel like you were like 64 (laughs) in another life and that that was just your go-to drink that you would have on the porch of someone's house. I mean, well, Maybe me, yours. me and Vanessa are both into it, actually. I don't get the Michelada thing. I can only do one of them, though. I can't do more than one because it's pretty heavy. Yeah, it's tomato juice. Of course it's heavy. And You're it's drinking yummy. ketchup. It's like, it's like an appetizer. It is a ketchup bottle and a drink. Yep, it works. That is awful. Does your breath smell like tomato afterwards? I don't know. I can't smell my breath. You should. Actually, I mean, that's quite have offensive. Have you ever really tried to smell your breath? Like, unless yes, it's really you do it in your... horrid, <laughs> you can't really fully smell it. Oh, my like, God. Like, it needs to be really bad for you to smell That's it. not true. You literally, the trick of the book is you hold your hand, you know, cup them you out. You lick it. No. And you, you don't lick I it. Lick you blow in your hand. And then you smell the lick. Stop licking your hand. <laughs> you just blow in your hand and you just smell it. And that is the trick. I mean, honestly, that is something my mom taught me when I was probably like... Like, I don't know, like five. You know, uh, yes, well, thank you, Mama Slay God. Well, she didn't teach you because you think you lick in your hand and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and probably shouldn't be doing that <laughs> Please right <now>. don't do <laughs> that. But yes, the answer is my, my breath, as I can tell, isn't bad. So that's just me. Listen, we have a great show coming up, as Ryan mentioned. We have Frankie Grande joining us. Which is exciting. Yes. We love when Frankie comes on and tells us all about his life and what he has going on. And he, have, he has Rock of Ages Live coming up. He'll be here to tell mo- us more about that. He's been like there forever at this point. Plus, the teenager who got suspended from high school for wearing nail polish has just won this lawsuit. He joins us at 3.25 p.m. Pacific, 6.25 p.m. Eastern. Which we've covered him, and I think he's actually been on the show before, and so I'm super excited to have him back on and celebrate his win. True, I'm excited. He's made news. He's a rock star. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. Gail King and CBS This Morning had George Floyd's brother, Philanese Floyd, and attorney Ben Crump on the show today to share their reactions to the Chauvin guilty verdict and more. And how is little Gianna Floyd doing? 
Well, you know, she was in the courtroom with mm -hmm. us, and attorney Stewart, attorney no. Miller, her mother, and she was just lighting up the room with her smile. Yeah, she's joy. That's George. Yes, yes, He's right. in her. She smiles. Yes, she laughs. Like everything that. like George. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah, actually, uh, they were also on the View today, um, and I, I watched them on the View, and it's uh, it's just been a it's a tough to watch them and kind of oh, be yeah. in that moment. But I'm happy they're they're feeling high spirited at this. Feeling you know, something. Yeah, feeling something. Meanwhile, uh, unfortunately, as this all happened, the fatal police shooting of 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant, a black teenager, came within minutes of the, that verdict and has led to even more protests over the continued use of lethal force by Columbus police. Officials with the Columbus Division of Police released the video of the shooting Tuesday night, just hours after it happened. And they're now reviewing the killing and will be handled, uh, this all will be handled by independent investigators. Under the Attorney General, Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginther mourned the loss but defended the officer's use of deadly force. We will be continuing this conversation uh, today, actually at 2.35 p.m. Pacific in 15 minutes. Yeah, it's so coming stick up. stick around for that. That was what's trending this hour. Coming up next, as we move forward after the Derek Chauvin trial, the Justice Department has opened a probe of Minneapolis police. More details next with The Washington Post. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yesterday's verdict in the state criminal trial does not address potentially systemic policing issues in Minneapolis. Today... I am announcing that the Justice Department has opened a civil investigation to determine whether the Minneapolis Police Department engages in a pattern or practice of unconstitutional or unlawful policing. That was Attorney General Merrick Garland today. And, you know, it's something that I think a lot of people have been asking the administration to do. It didn't happen under the Trump administration, but it shows the uh, Biden's administration's commitment uh, to racial injustice and policing, unfair policing. Josh Gerstein is with us right now, senior legal affairs reporter at Politico. Thanks for joining us. Hey, happy to be with you guys. So what did you think about this announcement? Why announce this after the verdict? Well, the officials that we spoke to uh, following the announcement said that they didn't want to do something in the lead up to the trial that could be seen as prejudicing the trial or signaling to the jury what decision they should make uh, or somehow complicating what is obviously a complicated situation. Uh, there was, of course, no telling what the verdict would be in advance. And so um, I, I think they were reluctant to get into the middle of that. Um, that said, I do think the timing is a fair question, and it's one that they haven't really answered to my satisfaction because while that would be a good reason maybe not to have announced it in advance of this verdict, um, folks may know there's another trial coming up for the other three officers that were on the scene uh, where George Floyd died. I think it's scheduled sometime in August. So, you know, if you, if you don't want to mess up a trial, why wouldn't you withhold this announcement until after that trial? So we haven't gotten a clear answer, but I think that's what the thinking was, not to um, mess up Derek Chauvin's trial. Have any of the Justice Department officials been in contact with any civil rights groups um, to kind of talk about the concerns around the community? Uh, they say they have been in touch um, both today, but prior to today, uh, gathering that kind of information. 
And when they announced this, they didn't just sort of say, well, we're going to look across the board at whether the police department is too abusive with citizens or even with African-American citizens. Um, There were some more specific things that uh, Garland said they were going to investigate. One is how the department deals with protests. So that suggests that the officials in the Civil Rights Division at DOJ headquarters have seen some indication that there might be a problem with the way the Minneapolis Police Department handles demonstrations and perhaps using inappropriate amount of force in those situations. And they also said um, there were issues about how the department deals with people that have behavioral uh, disabilities. And I'm not entirely sure what they mean by that, but, but uh, it you know signals that there's some concern um, that when they're dealing with certain suspects who uh, may have developmental issues autism or other kinds of problems like that, uh, that maybe the department is not using sort of state-of-the-art techniques and is is treating those people inappropriately. What is the hope uh, from this? Like, what does the administration hope will come from this? Well, I mean, officially it's an investigation. So most of these investigations tend to end with what's called a consent decree, uh, which is where the department and uh, the local police or the city um, enter into some kind of an agreement of corrective actions that the department, uh, the police department has to take under an agreed court order to improve their policing, make sure they're not violating people's uh, civil rights, improve their disciplinary uh, process to make sure that officers are being held accountable uh, when they do do something that crosses the line. So that's the way these things are usually worked out. It's usually done, you know, as it's suggested, it's a consent decree. So it's usually an agreement between the, the police and the Justice Department. Um, technically speaking, the Justice Department can go to court and try to get a court order to involuntarily uh, force a department, police department to do things that it won't agree to do. But I think here you're more likely to get a cooperative resolution. Remember, uh, they've already had a resignation of their police chief a few years ago over the shooting of um, a woman by a police officer, I think, three years ago. That's how the current chief uh, sort of came into his job. And he testified against Derek Chauvin, the current Minneapolis chief did. So he's not somebody that is denying um, that there have been problems in his department. Yeah, I know we don't know why um, they you know, decided to announce this now. But do you know how long they've been thinking about creating a, po- a probe like this? Well, look, these kinds of probes were fairly common during the Obama administration and during previous administrations of both political parties. The only recent presidency, uh, this this whole notion of this type of investigation began after the Rodney King uh, beating in the 1990s. So it hasn't been around for that long. And uh, the Bush administration uh, did these kinds of inquiries. The um, Clinton administration did and the Obama administration did. Perhaps unsurprisingly, the only administration that did almost none of these kinds of investigations into use of force and civil rights abuses by local police departments was the Trump administration, which was basically hostile to this whole idea. They did one investigation into the police department in the relatively small city of Springfield, Massachusetts, and that was it for the whole country. Now, I'm not saying they didn't investigate specific incidents where uh, police attacked people or abused people and prosecute them. But the pattern and practice investigation where you look at the whole department and how it's dealing with citizens was very uncommon. And uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions 
and his successor, Attorney General Bill Barr, were both pretty much opposed to the notion of consent decrees and the federal government, uh, you know, delving into these issues. And they felt that it tied the hands of police officers and they felt that it was fundamentally unfair. They didn't think there is a systemic problem in most police departments and that, um, you know, that that's what they thought was that it was a few. The, the, the language you'd always hear from them was it's a few bad apples. Well, Josh Gerstein, thanks again for joining us today for this and for your reporting. No problem. Happy to do it. Take care. That's Josh Gerstein, senior legal affairs reporter at Politico. Coming up next, Ohio police fatally shot a black teenage girl just before the Chauvin verdict. We have more of what happened with The Washington Post next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As the country had a collective sigh of relief when Derek Chauvin was convicted of all three charges for the murder of George Floyd, it didn't take long for more tragedy. As news came out that 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant, a black teenager, was fatally shot by Columbus police. Joining us right now is Teo Armas, reporter on the Morning Mix team from The Washington Post. Uh, Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me on. So what exactly happened, uh, just to catch people up on the story? Yeah. uh, So, you know, right around the same time uh, yesterday afternoon that we were awaiting the verdict uh, in the Derek Chauvin trial, um, uh, someone uh, at uh, this residence in Columbus, Ohio, uh, you know, called the police basically saying that they were being threatened um, with a knife by other people. It's still unclear who actually called the police. Uh, You know, police responded to the scene and body camera footage, uh, you know, shows this one police officer uh, you know, jumping out of this vehicle, seeing, uh, again, 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant um, basically kind of lunging at uh, these two other people. There may have been some sort of a blade involved. Uh, we're not entirely sure, although, you know, police are saying that uh, that there was. Um, and, and you know, then the police officer uh, shoots uh, Micaiah Bryant and, you know, she, she falls to the ground and was pronounced dead shortly thereafter. Yeah, and there was a, a police conference uh, late last night on Tuesday. Can you tell us what was being said, and especially talking about the policy around, you know, the use of fatal, uh, you know, a fatal use if there is something going on, like using a gun instead of like a, you know, a taser or something? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, officials in Columbus are definitely, you know, framing this as kind of an act of um that you know, may have been necessary. Uh, the mayor of Columbus said, you know, the officer took action uh, in order to protect another young girl uh, in the community. Um, and the interim police chief um, has specifically said, you know, that the police division's policy uh, in this case allows the use of uh, fatal force for self-defense or to protect a third party. Um, Ohio officials, so officials out of the Bureau of Criminal Investigation are looking into whether or not uh, you know, the use of, of lethal force in this case was justified, but certainly of a lot of activists in the community who are saying, uh, you know, basically asking why couldn't police have used it, something like a teaser in this instance? Why did they need to uh, shoot her dead? Yeah, and this isn't the first instance of something like this happening in Columbus right now. This is one of many uh, that have been documented. What's the sentiment over there right now? with this happening in the midst of the George Floyd um, and Derek Chauvin verdict? Yeah, uh, you know, we had sort of two similar cases uh, in uh, December, you know, of uh, police shooting and and killing um, these two black men, Casey Goodson Jr. and 
and Andre Hill. Uh, and I think, you know, for a lot of activists, certainly for one activist I spoke with over the phone last night, um, there is a sense, you know, that the Derek Chauvin trial, the, the verdict in that case hasn't really changed anything for them. You know, there were a lot of people who were uh, getting ready to go out onto the streets and, you know, respond to the verdict, whatever it may be. And they ended up protesting yet another fatal police shooting uh, in, in their own city. And I think the, the third or at least the third uh, in Columbus since December. Now, I know that there was, especially when this conversation, or not this conversation, but when this story hit online, um, there was a lot of stories reporting that Micaiah was the one that actually called the police officers or the police to the scene because she needed help. And then, of course, we see what happened now. Is that being accurately reported? Do we know that for sure? We're not 100 percent sure. Um, you know, our I have colleagues that I think are still, still looking into that. Um, there was a, another 911 call that, uh, you know, briefly came in, I think, around the same time that police officers were arriving to the scene. But um, we're, we just don't know yet. So that's something I think we're going to have to wait and see as officials look into this and as more details emerge over the coming hours and days. And what is happening with this officer now? Because it's been documented, you know, there is video of him, obviously his um, his own footage, but also of citizens who were capturing that on video. So what's going on with him? Yeah, so um, police leaders say he has been taken off the streets. Um, he was just named at a news conference earlier this afternoon. Um, his name is Nicholas Reardon. Um, beyond that, uh, I'm not sure that... Um, any additional action has been taken. It's not like, you know, he's been fired yet or anything like that. Um, But again, the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation is looking into things and, you know, over the coming days, um, there, there might be sort of a more severe response. But at this point, at least, you know, he's not being allowed on patrol. Well, uh, thank you again for being with us today. Uh, That was Teo Armas, reporter on the Morning Mix team with the Washington Post. Have a great night. Thank you so much. You as well. Coming up on the show, Tucker Carlson's latest meltdown over the Chauvin verdict is next level. We dive in after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. I'm sorry that we're even talking about this, but Tucker Carlson has done it again. He basically went off on the air last night reacting to the guilty verdict in the ex-Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin's trial. He had New York City Deputy Sheriff and Corrections Officer Ed Gavin on his show and this went down. The scene. I, I just think that it was excessive yeah, and well, it shouldn't happen. And what I'd like the, to do, the guy who did it looks like he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. So I'm kind of more worried about the rest of the country which thanks to police inaction in case you haven't noticed is like boarded up <laughs> so that's more my concern but, but i appreciate you coming let, on ed gavin thank let, you let, nope done thank you yep he literally just kicked him off the interview because he did not agree with the fact that he said this was clearly an excessive unjustified use of force which is his show he can yeah, do totally. that if he wants to cut someone off he can do that i mean i to be honest I'm not really sure what else I can say about a Tucker Carlson. He is a known racist. He is worried about the wrong things once again. And he just is often loud and wrong and continues to show and prove himself to be the most, one of the most racist people on television.
He's not a news net. Like he's not a news person. He's not a journalist in my in my opinion. Um, and that's just that, you know. <laughs> it should be just called Fox Entertainment Channel, even though it's not even entertaining. But you know what I mean. Not Fox News. I mean, this is the other thing about a lot of cable networks, specifically about Fox and programs like his, where it is personality oriented. He's clearly just delivering what he thinks. Yeah, I mean that's literally all it is, and he has every right to think what he needs to think. But uh, Tucker Carlson, in my opinion, is just not on my radar. I was surprised you didn't use the word trash. Because I've already used it. Did at, you just at this use point, it before? At this point, yeah. it's redundant. You, you take a shot every time we have to say trash. I mean, I haven't used it today, but I, I, I mean, at this point, anytime we talk about uh, Carl, whatever his name, Tucker Carlson, he's just, I mean, it's redundant. And so I feel like I'm constantly repeating myself, and it's just like, mm, this guy's the worst. And and let's be real here. If he has, you know, if he's going to kind of create these negative narratives uh, when it comes to the jury and saying that they're afraid of, um, they were afraid of what would happen to the city, blah, blah, blah. Actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I mean, we don't know, but I, I would assume juries on this case, on this type of case specifically, is taking this their job very, very seriously in this moment, right? And I don't think there's anything that could have been presented to show that Derek Chauvin <laughs> did not do what he did. So at this point, they just made a decision based on facts and evidence that the lawyers bought into this place and also Derek Chauvin pleading the fifth, not even wanting to get on the, on the stand. So... You know, Tucker Carlson is going to say what he wants to say. Also, the idea that someone who deserves to be behind bars because of actions he made, what, is his life more important than someone else's life who was lost because of this person's actions? Does he not, should he not be taking accountability? Should we not be also making sure he takes accountability for those actions? But of course he doesn't think that way because everything he stands for is rooted in white supremacy, Cher. Yes, and a lot of people are calling out that giggle, what you heard, that evil giggle as this like, racist, uh, as it was described in this article, this shrill racist cackle. I have nothing else to add to this. I really don't. (laughs) So let us know what you think about that back and forth at LGT shows where you can always find us on social media to sound off on all of these crazy stories. And that'll be the last time we talk about Tucker Carlson on the show today. Or maybe this whole whole week. I don't think we do it a lot. Or maybe ever. Please, let it be ever. Producer Vanessa. Let it be ever. Okay. Coming up on something major, (laughs) but let it be ever. Coming up on the show, a former president's advice to Matthew McConaughey, whose name has been thrown around for a gubernatorial run. That's next on What's Trending this hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Coming up this hour, the gay high school student who got suspended for wearing nail polish has won, and he joins us on the show. Plus, Frankie Grande, Rock of Ages Live is coming up, and Frankie is with us on the show as well in 30 minutes. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Representative Rashida Tlaib spoke out after the House's passage of the No Ban Act, which aims to prevent future legislation like Trump's Muslim ban. I want to really be very loud and very clear in sending a message to every Muslim and African person here and around the world that you are welcome here in the United States of America. The Congress, the United States of House of Representatives, took action to ensure racist and dangerous bans like the Muslim and African ban will be no more. Today, the passage of the No Ban Act, our ban Act is showing our immigrant neighbors and refugees everywhere the House Democrats will not tolerate racist immigration policies. Much needed. 
much needed. President Biden today pressed businesses and nonprofits to give employees paid time off for COVID-19 vaccine shots. Good to know. I mean, that's good. (laughs) The initiative is designed to encourage millions of unvaccinated people to get shots. Biden also announced today that the U.S. will hit 200 million vaccination shots by tomorrow, Thursday, a target he had set out to meet by the end of April. So he's a bit early, kind of. I mean, he's doing a good job. I mean, and also, I I just would assume that businesses and nonprofits would just, you know, kind of do that. But also... We need to make some type of law for that, like especially when it comes to voting and and when you have a pandemic, yeah, you're like you or need- like <laughs> shots or something that is yeah. needed, like let people off so they can go get that done, so they have to worry about you know getting in trouble or not having a job because they weren't supposed to go or whatever. And now it comes from the top, so it makes it more acceptable in that way. Unfortunately, should be implemented. Sometimes it takes the president coming in, but that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? All right, so Matthew McConaughey just got some advice from a former president, and I wonder if he's listening. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So I guess he's taking, you know, this whole thing very seriously, Matthew McConaughey is. Um, He's even getting advice from former President George W. Bush. Um, Former uh, President Bush talks about Matthew McConaughey potentially running for governor in Texas on the Today Show with Hoda and Jenna which his daughter, Daddy Came to Work Day. (laughs) Right. Here is uh, a bit of that conversation. Hey, there's making headlines down in Texas, Dad. I read that. Matthew, yeah. Running for governor? And he's he's actually ahead of Governor Abbott in the polls in this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think? Yeah, I didn't believe the 21% either. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think? What do you think his chances are or are you interested i have no idea i just tell you this it's tough business yeah it is a tough business it is a tough business and And that's okay i mean but the the question is uh are we able to set aside our partisan differences and solve problems yeah i mean politics has always been tough but it's uh i mean abraham lincoln yeah he, he he was uh they really treated him badly. He's one of the great. Don't we miss George W. I just, Bush? Every time he's around, and everyone's like, "Oh, look at George, George Bush! Oh, he's so cute and funny." It's like, do you remember what we used to think of him? He was awesome. I still think those things of him, just because him, he and Michelle Obama had a cute moment when they were passing candy at somebody's funeral, does not mean he's likable all of a sudden. I'm sorry, he is adorable in some ways, but also hearing him talk just made my skin crawl. Um, so I don't know, Matthew McConaughey. This is the first, I feel like, president, former president, who has given him some type of advice, talking about, of course, the job is hard, which isn't really advice because, duh, he's <laughs> the, he was like the surprise, governor. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I'm like, that's of course. Um, but if you want to know more about or watch uh, more of that interview, because he did a whole thing uh, on the Today Show today, head over to WeAreChannelQ.com. And, of course, keep us followed at LGT Show Everywhere. I had a dream about Matthew McConaughey last night. I don't know. It's I was like, wondering if you're going to bring it up. I just did. That's it. It wasn't anything <laughs> sexual or anything. It was literally like him giving me advice. I don't know. It was strange. I'm like, it's weird. My mind. <laughs> Why would you want? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say he's a bad guy or anything, but I, I wouldn't want advice from him. I don't know. What my mind wants to talk to him. There's something I mean, there. The cosmos. <laughs> well, let's figure it out. We'll make it work. All right. He was suspended from high school for wearing nail polish and went viral for sharing his story. Trevor Wilkinson joins us next with updates. Stick around. 
So Trevor Wilkinson, the gay teen who got suspended for wearing nail polish to his Texas high school because of its sexist dress code, is celebrating this week. That's because he finally won. So, you know, the story went viral uh, because he started a change.org petition to change the school policy. He was like, well, this isn't right. What, only girls can wear nail polish? He was basically called out because he's a boy who wears nail polish. That Change.org petition amassed more than 400,000 signatures since November 2020. It got national attention. We even covered it here on Let's Go There. And thankfully, the school paid attention. Yeah, I mean, the the school most definitely um, tried it with their... You know, dress codes are so annoying. I've never liked the dress code. I never liked it growing up. You you know, back in the day, it was just like wearing like belts and tucking in your shirt. And I always just did not like it. I'm like, why can't children and just people express themselves in the in the best way possible, right? There can be limits to it, of course, but just let people express themselves. And I don't understand what's gendered about nail polish. Yeah. The fact that he couldn't wear nail polish is just ridiculous. And he was supposed to be joining us um, on the show today, but I don't think Gen Zers know how to pick up the phone. So... Uh, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, but we're still covering the story because it did happen. <laughs> so hopefully he'll join us this show or tomorrow or sometime. Yeah, because we really just want to celebrate it. We're on high school time right now. <laughs> he's, he's actually in school right now on Zoom? It's like Hawaii time. Like, you just don't show up. Um, so he said, my high school's dress code is gender neutral forever. Which oh my goodness, news. he tweeted that. The, the district school board decided to change the dress code to no longer differentiate the policy by gender. He said that he was really pleased to announce that. He has spoken to, you know, all his local news stations, the press, because at this point, everyone is covering this and knows who this guy is. Also, by the way, he became a social media star because of it, too. Oh, well, yeah, I think everyone saw this and rallied around him because, I mean, he got ISS for this, um, which is in-school suspension, if you're not familiar. Yeah, and I didn't just, know what that was, actually. Really? Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I spent a couple I, days in, uh, oh. in, in in school suspension in my time. Really? In what did school. you do? That's none of your business. Okay. But it's probably because of my mouth. Mm. You know, I, I didn't let teachers really... You, you know, gave it to them. I gave it to them, for sure. Until I got into high school, I was a lot better. But middle school, for sure, I was, oh, my God. I had a mouth on me. Couldn't you imagine? Who, me? Oh, no. <laughs> Huge surprise there. No, but, yeah, I'm, here's the thing. The, the the bravery and the courage that it takes to to fight your school regardless um, and get this change, I mean, some. I'm, I think it got so many, put, like, the, on the petition, I think it got a lot of signatures. It did. Yeah, so I'm... I'm happy for him. He did absolutely incredible. And yeah. Well, also the school board might have gotten a bit worried or scared because the ACLU had sent a letter to the district that Mm -hmm. their dress code might violate civil rights laws. Don't mess with the ACLU. Yeah. So at that point, I think they're like, you know what? Hopefully they, they did it because they actually believe in it. But nonetheless... It works, so congratulations. An early Yaz Queen to Trevor Trevor Wilkinson. We hope to have you in, on the show very soon. We'll bring him on and we'll teach him how to pick up the phone and hang up the phone. Pick up the phone and hang up the phone. We could have done this over IG Live, maybe. I mean, you know? maybe. Or just got him on Zoom or something. He's used to that. Well, we do have a special guest joining us. He's mm-hmm. been on our show before. He's Ariana Grande's brother. But he's also known for many different things. Frankie Grande, dancer, actor, singer, all-around rainbow personality, is joining us next to talk about his new Rock of Ages live show and more. We'll be back in two minutes. 
This is definitely a highlight of the show today. We needed this energy and love of our next guest. I mean, yeah. I think uh, he is just so wonderful. And I'm so excited to have him back here with us. Please welcome dancer, actor, singer, producer, TV host, YouTube personality, Rainbow Soul. Ew. Did he come up with that or did you just No, he's up like with always that? rainbow and unicorn. And it's not because well, he's, he's gay. Well, he's gay, of course. It's not just because he's gay. Frankie Grande, <laughs> welcome back to the show. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you so much for having me. And no, and sure, you're right. I mean, I bleed rainbow in a way that even the gayest of the gay can't even hope to Thank in God. their lifetime. Don't give Shira that because she she <laughs> thought she said something about glitter the other day, and I was just like, what? Just because we're gay, there's glitter involved? Yes, no. you're right. <laughs> No, it's because literally there is a drawer in my vanity, which is just all glitter and all different types and shapes and sizes. Yes, love that. Well, we had you on during the pandemic. It's still going on, obviously, but I feel like we're kind of getting out of it. How are you doing? Like, what's going on? Um, I mean, I'm so thrilled that, you know, like double vaxxed and ready to go. And, you know, the the industry is rebounding. I have two live performances coming up, like one on um, this coming Saturday for Rock of Ages and the next week, May May 2nd um, for Titanic. Um, Tickets available at FrankieGrande.com, by the way. Um, And that means like that means the bridge to Broadway is being rebuilt and I'm part of it. And I'm so excited to be performing again. You guys, it's been a year and a half. I know we're. I mean, I'm so excited to see so many artists kind of get back into their game because that's what, you know, the creative space, especially during the quarantine, was probably the most difficult. How are you staying creative? How are you trying to kind of keep yourself feeling that same energy that you would feel on a stage? Well, you know, it's funny because when we were we had our first rehearsals for Rock of Ages, um, the this live stream reunion concert that's coming up on Saturday, I um, I, I had so much energy inside of me, it burst forth like like the the the, the, the you know the energy of the thousand suns like coming forth rainbows. out of like Lady Galadriel when she transforms in Lord yep. of the Rings and she's like, instead of a Dark Lord, you will have a queen. That was like I was so excited to be back on stage. I twirled, twirled, honey. Oh um, so uh, yeah, it's just it's really exciting for everybody that um, got a chance to um, uh, be a part of this show. It's, yeah. it's really exciting it's for huge. Us performers. Like, Rock of Ages has been around forever. It's the best reviewed, most nominated, longest running musical of all time. That's crazy. That sounds really amazing. Like, wow. <laughs> Thank you. If I, do, if I do say so myself, well, it sounds like a great time. So glad I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> you've, been, you've been part of it for a while. Yes, I closed the show on Broadway, and then I opened the Los Angeles production, and we ran for a, a whopping six weeks before we had to close for COVID, which is why it's so special that we're getting to have this, you know, reunion concert moment um, where everyone's coming together. We're reimagining the song in a completely different way. So it's not actually the Rock of Ages that you have um, come to know and love. It's even like a better, like reimagined version with casts on, from both New York and LA uh, performing together um, by Coastal, live stream. It's, you know, certain things really, the pandemic, like really, you know, obviously it, it was a terrible thing, but like the fact that the, these new interesting um, live performance, like mashup hybrids by Coastal situations are happening. It's kind of cool. I'm really excited to be a part of it. I mean, my thing is Laura Bell Bundy is a part of this and if y'all are not yeah. familiar with her, Legally Blind when the musical happened, absolutely stand. How has it been kind of communicating and working with her? 
Oh, I mean, she's, listen, I've known her. When you're on Broadway, we call it campus. Uh-huh. So you know if, you were, if you're on campus with someone else in the same year, you know each other. And we've worked together like in passing. But it's been lovely to be able to be a part of the show with her because I never actually got to do the show with her. Uh, the same holds true for so many of the different cast members. Um, you know, I got I was in the show with Constantine. Uh, and I'm so glad I'm doing it with him again. Yes. Um, but I, you know, James Snyder, never did the show with him. Willem is in it, which is fantastic yeah. he was in the original reading but never has done it since so it's very exciting and are you still doing twitch oh my god so um yes i still do twitch but um my boyfriend has completely taken over the streaming that ba- the badge you know he is the streamer he's what? so cute he's he's just hail on twitch he's so cute h-a-l-e um and he streams uh four days a week and he's 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 destroying it he's so, crushing it so you bought um, all that equipment so he could use it Basically. Oh, honey, uh, don't worry. I'm using it right now to talk to you all. Doesn't it sound so crisp? It does. Can it you sounds know? really good. Because I was wondering, we were like, why don't we just have him call in? And they were like, no, let's do it on Zoom and so we can see how fancy his mic is. Yes, wait, can I... Can I do? Oh, I can do my vocal effects, so oh, I can like wow. sing. Like, oh. hit me with your best shot, yes. fire away. <laughs> you know, we've got oh, the real, we got the whole setup. Uh, well, Frankie Grande, it's always a pleasure having you on the show um, and we, you can get tickets for all of his shows right at frankiegrandetickets.com right? correct yes yes and I, I love to see you at both and there's also like uh, pre-shows and after shows for both of them there's a meet and greet so take your there's um, a plethora of things to choose from so I hope to see you guys before during and after the show we love you hope to have you back again and yes we'll be following everything virtually online yes. until we can be in person Yes, exactly. Soon. It's coming. She's coming around the mountain when she comes. Don't forget, FrankieGrandeTickets.com is where you can find out all the information you need to know. I mean, go out and support Frankie. Frankie, you've always supported the show here. Let's go there. And we love you so, so much. And I love you back. I love you back. I'm bringing you all rainbows and glitter next time we're in the studio together. Yes. Yes. Feeling it right now, though. We'll be back with more of Let's Go There right after this. Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We've been talking about crypto a lot on the show, Dogecoin and all these things that are making their way into the mainstream. It's not like underground anymore at this point. I mean, even when we had a guy on about Dogecoin, it was good, but I still feel like I don't know if I should invest in it or not. Even though he said not to, but I'm not sure if he's my only source I want to take. Well, you should probably go to many sources. But actually, he texted me 24 hours later after we covered that, that it went down. Oh, he's a friend of yours? I didn't know or that. Or he, he's a friend of a friend. Oh, okay. okay. So I, and I think I'm connecting to him through some friends, yeah, yeah, basically. But he said that it went down, and you could check it out online, like 30% after that. Oh, so he so was like, no. oh, it's probably good that you didn't invest in it. But these things, this is how it is. Yeah. It goes up and down, and you have to kind of it's be in, those, into uh, it for the long haul. It's one of those uh, things at the, the playground. No, seesaws. <laughs> It's an up and down seesaw. Yeah, and and some of them, like Bitcoin, people say it's more sustainable because at this point it's so, like, part of it. You know, it's not going anywhere, Bitcoin. Well, now Venmo is jumping on the crypto bandwagon. Uh, So the app, which is actually owned by PayPal, it makes it pretty legit. They're saying that customers can now buy, hold, and sell crypto with the Venmo app. Did you just explain what Venmo is? I feel like Venmo is like such a universal app. Yeah, but people might not realize that it's owned by another huge company. Oh, I guess people would care about that if PayPal was like problematic or something. 
Yeah, but then also the fact that like PayPal is so part of the payment system, virtual digital payment system, the fact that they're saying like, okay, we take this right now, it makes it more legit. So they're going to be supporting Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash. Is that is Bitcoin, do we seriously genuinely feel like it is like going to be the the cash of the future? Is this like something that we like inherently really need to figure out? Like, because it does feel like everyone keeps talking about. I'm like, well, if it ends up turning our money system turning into that, then yeah, we all need to know about it. Because I mean, we spend grade school learning about money. Like, well, we will probably in the future. It will be part of economics or like any sort of business, maybe not business class, but anything to do with money. Yeah, and the history of money. It's definitely part of it. They uh, found that 30% of their 70 million customers are already purchasing cryptos and with equities. But like the fact that they're making this part of it means that it kind of makes it feel like it's here to stay. Like so, it's not going anywhere. I can barely do regular math. And now I, I can learn bar- Bitcoin math. Well, I could barely take care of my regular money, let alone crypto money. Yeah. However, people are making a ton of money off of it. And the ones that decided to take the risk and jump in. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So are you into crypto? Have you gotten into the craze? Let us know at LGT Show is where to find us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Coming up on the show, find out about the latest Republican wanting to run for president in 2024. That's next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up this hour, Garcetti is proposing uh, a bill to help low-income families. The assistant to the mayor of L.A., Wylan Weiss, joins us for that in 15 minutes. Plus, the benefits of cooking with cannabis. We're kind of doing a redo on our 420 show. So that's coming up in the next hour. I'm excited for that. I am too. Even though I, I, I don't really know what this means. Like, benefits. Like, is it a health thing? Like, oh my God, it can cure you? Because... I'll start eating it instead of smoking it. Well, we'll see. We've got <laughs> Manja Ganja, the chef, joining Ooh, us. Uh, okay. We've got the experts here on Let's Go There. Happy 420. We we, mm-hmm. we demand a redo. Yes. 420 on 421. <laughs> Let's get into so much trending this hour, though. Uh, bills targeting the transgender community have stalled all over the country this week. That's good news as legislators debate the effects these laws will have on trans youth. In Missouri, after a big debate between Republicans and Democrats, the state house agreed to put a proposal on hold that would require athletes to participate on sports teams based on the sex written on their birth certificate. The same is thankfully happening in North Carolina, Louisiana, and Kansas, among other states. All these bills have been put on hold. So that's good. Now, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie is seriously considering running for president in 2024. That's according to three people familiar with this who shared that with Axios. Christie, whose 2016 bid for the nomination was pretty short-lived, has told friends that he'd be the only person in the 2024 field with executive experience who has run a presidential race before. Are we ready for Chris Christie? Oh, my God. First of all, the fact that Chris Christie even thinks people like him is hilarious. I mean, honestly, hilarious. Just because you said some some bad things about Trump at one point and you uh, once you got coronavirus, you realize, oh, it's a real thing. No one likes you, dude. And so the fact that he even thinks 
that he has the opportunity because you have to be liked to be president. At the end of the day, no matter who on what side, you got to be liked. No one sees it for Chris Christie. But let him spend all that money. Let him waste it. Let him just throw it out the window in this So way. much money. Who cares? He uh, has been an ABC contributor since. Yeah, he has. That's interesting. Yeah, have you not seen him? I feel like we've... Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah. I just forgot. So this is a reminder. I like you can when catch him on, on ABC. I like it when he goes on The View and Joy Behar just rips him to shreds. It's fun. <laughs> Well, uh, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so let's talk about this because I can't be the only one to think that Kourtney Kardashian has changed literally everything about herself to be in this relationship. You know you mirror people when you're in relationship with them. Well, let's talk about that. It's time for your T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. Kourtney is dropping hints about her sex life. And girl, who even asked? I, I don't really know. She recently shared a uh, basically an article from her Poosh lifestyle site titled, What Does It Mean When Someone Enjoys Rough Sex? Oh. Now, Courtney hasn't spoken publicly about, you know, her her sex life with, you know, Travis. Uh, is it Baker or Barker? Barker. Barker. Uh, she's made it abundantly clear how she feels about the drummer, though. Um, now, he posted... This video of her sucking his thumb on Instagram. It was weird. Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> um, they've been very heavy on uh, on the PDA. So for me, it just feels like, Courtney, we've never seen her in this light. And I feel like she's trying to like amp up her bad girlness to like to match his bad boy energy. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, you're like almost like 57. Relax. It's not cute. This is not who you are. No, 42. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm obviously being facetious. But I'm just saying, I just think this idea of like changing yourself completely to date your uh, someone is just absolutely mind blowing. I mean, me. who knows if she's changing? She possibly had it in her, but yeah, I think that definitely true. she's having this kind of like resurrection. Like you know, uh, I think after you've been in maybe some relationships that didn't work, and you meet someone that you're like really into. You kind of dive in in that way, and it maybe yeah. brings up the sexual appetite that you had repressed or maybe kept behind closed doors, and now you're inspired to let it go. I think she's reliving her 20s because yep. she's hanging out with Addison yeah. Ray, the TikToker who is like 21. And, you know, I think she found this bad boy and is just like all into it, which to be honest, Travis Barker is fine. He's, he's sexy. I would let him do some things to my body. Put his thumb in your mouth. All three fingers, actually. Do all three. In different holes. <laughs> but seriously, so I'm not, you know, I ain't too mad about it. But I will say, I just, this is just so let's feel coming from a Kourtney Kardashian. I don't know. Let us know what you think. Join the conversation at LGT Show Everywhere. Um, keep the conversation going. Do you want to say something, Producer Vanessa? Give, give me your thoughts. I just wanted to say that they've known each other. Oh, uh, yeah. It's so a lot of sexual energy each other, coming out. So Maybe she has had this bad girl energy oh. in her. Mm. And he actually knows that she's like a baddie. And this is coming from a girl who loves a bad boy, I too. I do love a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> they dating one. Oh, oh my the, re- the reveal. Oh, God. All right. Keep the conversation going at LGT Show. Do you think Kourtney Kardashian has changed everything about herself to date Travis Barker? I would love to know. That is your tea report, and I ain't done spilling. Uh, next up on the show, Los Angeles Mayor Garcetti's proposal for low-income families recovering from the pandemic. Will it be enough to solve this crisis? Assistant to the mayor of L.A. joins us for that next. 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. So today I'm proud to announce that this year, Los Angeles will launch the largest guaranteed basic income pilot of any city in America. We have budgeted $24 million to provide $1,000 a month to 2,000 households for an entire year, no questions asked, wherever poverty lives in our city. And thanks to the leadership of Councilmember Curran Price, who's been joined by Councilmember Marquise Harris-Dawson and others, these funds will grow to more than $30 million in direct help to begin to tear away at poverty in our city and to show this nation a way to fulfill Dr. King's call for a basic income once and for all. And that was L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti yesterday. Back with us is Wylam Weiss, the assistant to the mayor of L.A. as we dive into this big announcement. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, Thank you for having me on this afternoon. Uh, So how is he planning on implementing this and distributing the money? Because he did announce some specific things. Okay, so the way it's going to work is that uh, one, one, sorry, 2,000 families will receive $1,000 a month, uh, no questions asked, no restrictions on spending. Uh, it'll be based off of one's income, either basically your income taxes will, will decide on that. Uh, it's meant to help at least immediately the most impoverished Angelinos, technically mostly in the south and southeast and eastern areas of Los Angeles. Um, This is a pilot program. Uh, This is not going to go in full effect for the city. This is simply to test to see how the whole system can and may work. Okay, because I was wondering, you know, obviously when we were in the height of the pandemic, you know, when the federal government was taking so long to get another stimulus check, it seems like if this was a possibility on the table, why we didn't do it back then versus now? What was the time timing for this? Uh, a significant portion of what's helping is actually the latest COVID relief bill that was just passed in the, lo- passed in the law, obviously, we all know, a couple of months ago. Um, that has brought in an immense amount of uh, helpful cash to cities like Los Angeles so that we can start implementing programs to help people start getting out of the disaster that was this pandemic, both health-wise and economically speaking. So this is a great time to see about how these kinds of programs can work to start really alleviating poverty in not only just major cities, but really solving a poverty crisis that seems to be continuing across most of America. And it seems like this program is actually a really great example of what defunding kind of the police means, because this program is funding allocated uh, uh, money from um, from money cuts that happened from the LAPD, right? Uh, Correct, actually. And that's part of the idea, which we, we can always say that, obviously, a lot of what happens with crime is usually based off of poverty not necessarily you know not on race now obviously because poverty is tied to race unfortunately for many of our cities across the country the idea is if people can be more financially stable uh we would need less police officers controlling the crime issue uh and it seems to be actually proving that um i do know that city like uh, the next major city that's been trying this now is the city of stockton in northern california and they've noticed not only just a reduction just in crime in general but they've noticed that people tend to be happier, they're more economically stable, and they're actually able to find better employment because they have extra money to pay those bills. Yeah, and by the way, just to go back to the LAPD uh, budget, Garcetti did propose um, an increase in funding to the LAPD, so it just seems like there's going to continue to be support there, but they're also putting the focus on focus on social services and this um, you know pilot program, which seems 
very important. He's trying to, get to make everyone happy. Feet. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's also talk about the launch of the LA Repair Program. What's that all about? Uh, basically, it's just you know we're we're trying to get people back to work again. Uh, again, we're still suffering with massive unemployment and still recovering heavily from the pandemic. And so this basically is a program to get people out and to actually start repairing a lot of possibly the infrastructure or even businesses to bring businesses back to Los Angeles by really kind of almost any means necessary. Um, we're really kind of pushing the idea that government once again can really take a big role into not just being helping in the economic recovery, but being part of an economic system that only just not only provides equality and fairness, but can provide an immense amount of wealth for all the citizens of the city of Los Angeles. Well, I, I didn't want to pivot, but we only have a short amount of time with you left. Um, I know that a federal judge ordered uh, yesterday that all homeless people living on Los Angeles Skid Row must be offered housing by October 18th. What does that look like and how is that going to work? Well, to be fair, we're not quite sure yet. Um, our office is not quite sure if the date can actually be settled at this point. Um the judge made his ruling. We're going to abide by it the best we can uh, under the under a court of law. Uh, but it's going to be an immense task and an immense challenge. Uh, but it does need to be done. And we will follow under the guidance of the federal court as much as necessary. OK, well, thanks again for being here to share all of that. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. That was Lila Moise, assistant to the mayor of L.A. And by the way, Garcetti is also proposing the city begin studying the issue of slavery reparations for black Angelinos. Now, coming up as we continue to celebrate 420, we're going to be talking about the benefits of cooking with cannabis with a cannabis chef. That's next. Mm. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It was 420 yesterday, of course. And since we didn't get to properly talk about this or celebrate it, we're doing it today. Better late than never. Right, Ryan? Oh, yeah. So we wanted to get into the health benefits of cannabis, specifically cooking with cannabis. And joining us is Ivan, cannabis chef and co-owner of Manja Ganja, a San Diego-based company. Nice to see you here over the phone. It's been a while. Thank you. Hey, how are you, Shira? Great. Yeah, it's great to have you. We, we were talking about doing this, and right away I was like, I know the person for this story. Uh, so let's get into it. Um, what are the health benefits of cannabis? And then let's get into the food part of it. Wow. Well, there are so many health benefits for cannabis. I mean, I, I, think, that, I think that as we get further into understanding this beautiful plant, we are going to recognize all of the amazing things that this plant can do. And Did you answer the question? <laughs> so what is it? Yeah, for people that might not, <laughs> that might not know the, the health I, benefits, Ivan. <laughs> So, all right. So let's, you know, you, you have uh, you have people that are dealing with post-traumatic stress disorders or anxieties. Cannabis is a way of being able to help them chill. There are certain strains like indicas that can really kind of lower their anxiety levels. You have individuals that maybe have difficulty uh, uh, with an appetite because they're going through certain health issues like cancer treatment. And so cannabis is great. We all know we get the munchies from that. So it's a great uh, appetite stimulant. Um, you have individuals who have difficulty sleeping. And so cannabis is a great way to help those individuals be able to, to uh, find a way to calm down and be able to get a restful, full night's sleep. 
Yeah, so you're, Lots of great things. you're yeah. a cannabis chef. And so I always find that really interesting because you're literally preparing meals that everyone can eat or maybe like a dinner party and it has a little fun twist to it. But how do you make sure that people at that dinner table don't get too high and then they're just kind of spit, you know, into this like whole thing of being like, oh my God, I, I don't want to be this high. Like, how do you create yeah. an enjoyable meal and night? So that's a that's a really great question. And so what we use when we're when we're infusing our food is we use a, a full spectrum oil that has been lab tested. And each uh, uh, we have syringes that are one gram, uh, one milligram syringes that we're able to then infuse the food. And we know exactly how much cannabis we're infusing so that people will have it a, a wonderful um relaxing experience but not one that makes them too head high or puts them into a couch lock yeah and i think when people think of uh, cannabis and food they think of like brownies but it's much more than that we've had full-on meals yeah absolutely so uh, about four years ago i had a stroke and i i used cannabis to heal and to get myself back to a, a state of normalcy and i found that the, the recovery was so miraculous from this, I decided to marry cannabis with culinary, and Manja Ganja was born. And so what we're trying to do is take the stigma away from, from uh, the, the old thought process of how people view cannabis so that you can infuse your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, and that those aches and pains that you might feel in your shoulder or that anxiety level that you might be experiencing in this crazy world that those things can go down for a little bit. And for a reprieve, you can have this sense of well-being. And so if you're microdosing your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, your snacks, I, I go to the store, I get a coffee, I put a couple drops of cannabis oil into it, uh, and, and now I've got a milligram or two that's just helping chill things out for me, uh, then I can really have a very happy and, and uh, high quality of life. You know, Unintended. I think a lot of the stigma that comes with just drugs in general is kind of the addiction aspect of it. And so if you're starting to kind of microdose and putting it in your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, I would be, if I was a listener, I would be like, aren't you doing too much? Like, why do you need that to basically kind of survive? So what do you say to that kind of thinking around kind of, you know, the addiction aspect of, you know, cannabis in general? Well, I think that I, I think it's a valid question that people have, but I think that it also is a it's a question that that is based on uh, a lack of understanding or a lack of knowledge that has been really kind of spun up into a fear base that if I do this, I'm afraid I'm going to dot, 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 fill in that blank. And really what you're doing is you're people get up in the morning and and some people go for a jog and they get those endorphins going, or some people take vitamins. Uh, Some people have a vegan or a plant-based type of a diet because that helps them in a, in a healthy way. If you're microdosing where, where you're not even putting yourself in a position where you are, um, you are no longer fully functional or that you that you have taken yourself out of being um, uh, 100% present in your life because you're too high. Uh, if you if you put yourself in a position of simply microdosing to to increase or elevate slightly your sense of well-being, then this is a great thing. And cannabis is, has been proven not to be 
uh, an addictive drug. And then what's coming up next for you all coming out of this pandemic? I'm I'm sure things have been crazy since the last time I saw you. And also, as I feel like cannabis is starting to be more acceptable and and legalized federally. This is great. It's not federally legalized, but, you know, legalized in different places nationwide. It is. The awareness continues to open up. And and so we're very excited about that. We do have a lot of people that call up uh, that are interested in not so much dinner parties like the, the events used to be, is they, they want to be able to put this into a normal aspect of, the, of their life. So, hey, I, I, I would like you to come over and prepare dinner for just my husband and wife. Or I would like you to come over. Could you could you do a birthday cake for us? Or could you could you come over and make breakfast for for Mother's Day? What's you know, your those favorite are the type of request? We, I'm sorry, we have ten seconds left. What's your What's your favorite thing to cook? Like with cannabis, that you're just like, yes, I'm a genius. <laughs> well, we do a really nice uh, braised short rib with uh, uh, in cognac. Say less. What's your address? It, <laughs> He'll be there. <laughs> I will be there. We need to head there. Actually, we have access to them. Let's all let's go do a road trip to San Diego. Yes. Come on down, Shira. You you all are always welcome. Oh, look at that. I'm. A, I mean, I'm always Shira's plus one. Even yep. even if she has a boyfriend, I don't care. I'm taking <laughs> his spot. Even when he gets on my nerves, he's still my plus one. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and then we'll just feel better about it. And we'll just hug and love up each other after <laughs> eating one of your meals. <laughs> Ivan, thank That's you so right. much again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Shira and Ryan. I appreciate being on your show. Uh, for more on what they do, uh, check out manjaganja.com for their cannabis oils and if you want a meal prepared as well. Coming up, what would you do if a baby was screaming on your entire eight-hour flight? The video spurring a debate on social media. That's next. So Insider reported on this video, they say, was an eight-hour flight from hell from Germany to New York City that was shot in August of this baby, this young child, just screaming throughout the entire flight. Okay, I can barely listen to that for a second. Imagine that for eight hours! It hurts my ears. I'm sorry. I mean, honestly, that's all I hear when you talk. (laughs) No wonder why you don't respond to me when I'm talking. Yeah, it's like the Charlie Brown teacher. (laughs) No. Love you too. Absolutely (laughs) awful. Can you imagine? To be honest, I can't even stand children who kick the back of my seat. Like, I am the type of girl who will turn around and look at them. And make and just stare at them like my grandmother would, and just stare and be like, "I know you're gonna stop," and then turn back around. I don't gotta say nothing else. Oh yeah, but they stop the entire time. The silent evil stare. Oh yes, Works. that's it. That's all you gotta do. Cause I mean, sometimes kids don't have manners. But I also understand that you know you gotta give the parents some grace and space here as well, cause that's probably like really embarrassing. Oh also yeah, really difficult to have to deal with. But girl, road trip much? And yeah, and so yeah, from Germany to New York. <laughs> Take a boat. Take a but boat. But that does suck. If you know your child is one of those folks that is, can a child be a folk? I think yeah. they're not old enough. If they're not one of those uh, people that like flying and that you know they do this, what are you supposed to do? I mean, it's not like you're going to stop going places. Like, what if they needed to go see their family? They needed to fly. Is there baby Xanax? I think that's a really good. There's, there's puppy you know, Xanax. I give my dog Xanax. You, you know when you're a baby or when you get... Um, 
it's a, a bris when they take the little tip off when you're a baby. They give you some what wine tip? in your mouth. You know, when you... Uh, you're talking about get, getting circumcised? Yes, circumcised? Who brings up circumcision? But, no, but they do that to stop the baby from crying when they're in pain. So, but like, I do think what? it'd be wrong to give your child alcohol and get them drunk and tired. Or, I like, don't a know. My Xanax. grandmother, she used to, when I was teething, she, I, I was told that I would have, uh, uh, she would rub bourbon and whiskey on my on my gums, which well, is why I love bourbon and whiskey. Makes sense. Thank Start you, them young. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you got to do something to get those kids in check because... Yeah, I know it can be, you know, one of those things like, what if the kid's ears are popping? You know, what if that's uncomfortable you, for him? Do you remember flying and never having a tantrum? I remember no, I, I remember once having a tantrum on a flight, and I remember being aware of it, how, how like, destructive it was for everyone else. But then as the flight Wait, landed... where were you? How old were you? Like a year ago, no. Uh, no, it was like, I was like six. Really? And I just remember, like, my I've ears never. were killing me, and I was just like, Rah! You know, freaking out. I mean, I'm not, no shit. I don't right. want to bring race into this, but this was a white baby. And I, you ain't never seen no black babies act full. So what would you do if you were on this flight? I would have said, ma'am, it's either me or the baby. <laughs> and it's going to be me. You know what? They should have given that whole flight free alcohol, I hope, the whole time. Oh, something. Yeah. Something. That Germany to where? New York. Eight hours. Girl. Yeah. Well, what would you have done on that flight from hell? Let us know at LGT Shows, where you can find us on social media. Uh, coming up, Arizona's step forward when it comes to LGBTQ plus education. That's next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up this hour on the show, what you need to know about the Ohio police shooting of a black teenage girl just before the Chauvin verdict yesterday. And we've got a special guest, dancer, actress, singer, rainbow personality, Frankie Grande is joining us to talk about the new Rock of Ages live show. That's in 30 minutes. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Arizona Governor Ducey vetoed legislation that would have made the state's sex education laws some of the strictest in the nation when it comes to teaching about LGBTQ issues. The governor called the legislation broad and vague, said it would lead to unintended consequences. Yeah, you think? The proposed law would have barred all discussions about gender identity, sexual orientation, or HIV, AIDS, and sex ed classes unless parents are notified in advance and specifically opt in for the instruction. The proposal would have applied also to classes that were outside of sex ed. Let's move on to Texas. Texas's HIV medication program is being threatened by increased COVID-related demand. Legislators are being asked for more than $100 million over the next two years. And if the additional funds are denied, it could tighten eligibility and force thousands off their meds and reduce HIV prevention efforts throughout the state. With supplies of drugs for PrEP and treatment for people living with HIV at risk, a denial in funding could also fuel a spread of the virus. So hopefully that money that is much needed is approved. And that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so I got some good news. Um, Jeopardy just came out with their final list of guest hosts. Um, It's finishing its 37th season with a bang. And it's time for you to report those pop culture stories trending right now. So, you know, there's been all these petitions for guest hosts. One specifically, LeVar Burton. Yes. And guess what? I'm what? here to announce that LeVar Burton 
was just announced that he's going to be a part of the list of the final guest hosts to finish out the la- latest season. LeVar Burton, Robin Roberts, George Stephanopoulos, uh, David uh, Faber, who is also a former Celebrity Jeopardy champ, um, are going to be among the stars tapped to host the trivia game show, which Burton has previously expressed his enthusiasm to host the show and taking over the reins. He said, thank you to all for your passionate support. I am overjoyed, excited, and eager to be guest hosting Jeopardy and will do my utmost best to live up to your faith in me. You made a difference. Go ahead and take my word for it this time. Which, I mean, uh, he tweeted out a fan-started campaign to make him a permanent Jeopardy host. It got over 250,000 signatures as of today. Come on, the people have spoken. I mean, don't even just make him a guest host. Make him the host. It'd be huge. He's amazing. He's an icon. And guess what? It means, Ryan, we have access to him. We will have him on the show, some friends with him, and we're going to end up on set. Maybe we'll end up on Celebrity Jeopardy. I mean... And we'll lose because we probably don't know any of that trivia. You better speak for yourself. I am a very... No, I would Well, lose. maybe from pop culture. Otherwise, I'd be like lose. YouTube stars? They'd be like, what <laughs> continent? Um, no, but yeah, I love that T-Report, but I also have another one. My favorite show is returning back. Master of None, Aziz Ansari's show, is coming back for season three after a long hiatus for some TV news. News. But guess what? The new season was like kind of a tease in a tweet. It's like a seven minute video promoting a whole bunch of upcoming projects on the Netflix network. Um, but this season's going to be different. So after this long hiatus, it's going to be moving on to um, focus more so on Lena Waithe's character, Denise, who was prompt, uh, um, basically featured in season two, that Thanksgiving episode that she won her Emmy for. Um, which was like a career starter for yeah. her. And so this is going to be really interesting. The show is going to be focused on a black lesbian woman. And so I'm super excited to see where that's going to go. Um, basically, back in 2017, our, uh, and um he explained to Vulture, he said, I don't know if we're going to do a season three. I wouldn't be surprised if it, I needed a long break before I come back to it. Well, he's coming back and he's... Bringing a, ref- a, a refreshing like take to it. Have I guess. you watched the all of the shows? I yeah, actually I was very into that. Master show. of None is one of my favorite so shows. So good. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Um, but yeah, this is also coming out after that whole sexual harassment situation, mm. oh, sexual misconduct allegations that he faced um, back in I think it was January 2018 is when that whole thing happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, it's going to be really interesting. I'm excited. That's your T report. I've covered a lot of T report stories here on the show today. Head over to WeAreChannelQ.com to check them out and keep the conversation going at LGT Show Everywhere. We are wrapping up our show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. Nina West of RuPaul's Drag Race and Queer Eyes Bobby Burke, they're teaming up with uh, Stupid Buddies Studios. Quite interesting, the name of that. But they're doing it to develop their own children's variety show. This is so cool. Nina's Treehouse is what it's called. It hopes to create a space where all children feel welcomed, accepted, and creatively inspired. Uh, she said this in a statement. Every bit of my heart is jumping at the opportunity to share joy, love, and kindness with children of all ages. And continue to carry the torch of greats like Fred Rogers, Jim Henson, Paul Rubens, and Walt Disney. Wow. That's uh, pretty iconic. And so Bobby Burke is also thrilled to be working with Nina and just reiterates how every child deserves to feel welcome and safe and express joy being who they are while watching this show. 
Oh, my God. I love this. You know, Nina West is one of my favorites. She was Miss Congeniality on her season, and she proves that every single day because she's just an absolute doll. And the way that she is just creating her own lane and doing some amazing stuff, and yeah. including Bobby Burke from Queer Eye, which their season six, I think they're about to start filming again. So get ready for that. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited to watch this. So congrats to Nina and Bobby on this announcement. You well, got I'm our not going to watch it because it's for kids, but I'm, I'm excited to see clips of it. Yeah, but, you know, some kids shows like can be enjoyed by us as well. Name one. Well, we watch. That's not a kid's show. Uh, you know, we watch Fred Rod- Rogers. Uh, Who? It? Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers? Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Did you call him by his government name? <laughs> Mr. Rogers didn't go out like that. <laughs> uh, you know, we watch, I don't know, what other kids' shows are there. Exactly. Or you're forced to watch them because exactly, your kids Exactly, because we them. don't have kids, so we should be watching kids' shows. I couldn't even, even name the Barney. I'm not going to lie to you. I do. This is a little, um, little dog hack. When I leave my dog alone at home, um, I, I leave kids' shows on mm-hmm. so she can watch TV. Wow. And she'll literally be on the couch when I come home watching TV. You you use up your electricity bill. Yeah, but it's worth it. I don't want to feel alone. That's sweet. Yeah. You just put on some like nature video or something. That's why I'm the dog parent and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it for our Yes Queen and our show today. Yes, Queen. But we are back tomorrow with the show live right here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. It's Earth Day. So we're going to be talking about how to go greener. Groundbreaking. <laughs> And in an accessible way, because it can be expensive. Plus, can you get vaccinated if you have COVID-19? Doctors explain what you need to know, because now I'm, you know, I'm getting my second shot on Friday. These are things we need to know. I got, well, do you have COVID? Do I need to know I don't know, but no. (laughs) Would you relate that to yourself? Would you need to like, why doesn't everyone get tested then before they get the vaccine? I'm confused. We're going to have those answers tomorrow. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app and search Let's Go There or where podcasts are available to join our podcast family. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Stick around for Loveline right after this where Dr. Chris is covering COVID anxiety and safe travel. That's next. Bye, y'all.